and two Sipping and roasting is what we do Light them up, drink them down Whiskey and cigars all around Cheers, y'all Sounds like a party. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to 2023. Oh, my God. And welcome to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, as the world famous Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars, all wonderful things. And uh, we're up to show number 309 as of today. Halfway to 333. Yes, sir. We're glad to be here. Thank you for uh, joining us in this new year for a little uh, discussion about uh, all those things we mentioned. Crap beer, fine spirits, hand-rolled cigars. Our uh, program today, we're just entitling it New Year, New Beer. And we do have beers that are at least new to us. I don't know if they're brand new. Oh, that's okay. Not a lot of... Not a lot of uh, new, new to us is just fine. Yeah, not a lot of brand new <laughs> beers come out like between Christmas and New Year's. So, uh, but, but there's going to be a lot of new beer this year. We'll talk a little bit about what to expect the craft beer industry to look like in 2023. So I want, I want to point out, though, you say not a lot of new beers coming out, but I just found a six-pack of... Uh, of uh saint uh saint arnold uh springbok already springbok wow see that sort of fills me with a little bit of joy yeah because (laughs) we had a super cold spat in december yeah uh and it's while it's warmed back up for us a little bit today it's still definitely you know uh sweatshirt weather and hoodie weather but uh the idea that spring might just be around the corner Oh, that's a wonderful thing. We still yeah, gotta, we got that. Still going to get through January and we February. We got that icky weather today, where like uh, it's it's a little too warm for a sweatshirt, but yeah. it's a little too cold without it. Yeah, I totally get it because there's like a cold drizzle going on. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, we had uh, we had some icy temperatures across the holidays, and uh, uh, of course, we uh, were off last week for the holidays. So, how have you been? Did you have a good holiday this year? And I did. I had family in town. We hung out. Had a good old time. That's we had awesome. A, we had a New Year's Eve party at the house. Oh, nice. That was a good time. Um, so, yeah, a good time was had by all. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, you uh, got what you wanted for Christmas, I hope? I got my two front teeth. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a good thing. I did uh, not get a pony again this yeah, year. Uh, you know, that's, that's been disappointing you for quite some time, hasn't it? You've <laughs> that's gone, probably for the best. <laughs> probably. I could see you with a pony at the backyard of your house. <laughs> Look, I finally got I it. I have a pony. <laughs> Uh, well, I don't have a pony for you here today, my friend, but we do have some very interesting beers to taste uh, from St- uh, Southern Star Brewing close to us in Conroe, Texas. Uh, you know, they've, they've, they're they've they basically famous for their Bombshell Blonde. That's their bombshell sort of blonde. like... Oh, that's their buried hatchet. Yeah, well, yes, of course. But Bombshell Blonde was really the first thing that kind of put them yeah. on the uh, on the map. Well, now they've come out with Bombshell Pills. So we'll be trying their pills now. Ooh, I haven't tried Bombshell that Bombshell Pills. Yeah, I think it's fairly new, mm-hmm. although it didn't come out in 2023, but it's fairly new. <laughs> uh, then from Firestone Walker uh, out of Paso Robles, California, we'll be trying their Mind Haze. They have a whole series of Mind Haze IPAs. Right. This one is the Tiki Smash IPA. They the have Mind a few series. series of things. They have the is Luponic it, Distortion, right? Which is always a, like that's always like crazy hop stuff, right, you know. Right, yeah. And then this uh, this Mind Haze series is all kind of different uh, hazy IPAs. And then of course, in addition to that, they they do amazing things with uh, um, 
you know, beers with retinomyces yeah, and with yeah. uh, uh, with different stouts and different things that they do as well. But uh, this is the IPA we'll be trying today, Mind Haze Tiki Smash. And then from a very influential uh, brewery in Placentia, California called The Brewery, but the it's spelled brewery, B-R-U-E-R-Y. Yes. Uh, we'll be trying their bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout called So Happens It's Tuesday. And I will just tell you, this uh, this imperial stout, I mean, it's a tall can. It's a 16-ounce can. Uh, but it was over 20 bucks. I've had this one before. Oh, you have. So not new beer for you. It's, it's... Is it worth revisiting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So you won't mind then. As a matter of fact, one of my Christmas gifts was the barrel-aged version mm. uh, called Black Tuesday. Ah, very interesting. Uh, well, the, this one good. is bourbon barrel-aged, but it's a little bit different uh, yeah. Aging process, I would guess, is yeah, uh, where this one so. comes from. So, well, we will look forward to trying that. Plus, a uh, new rum for the program today: the Paranubes, Paranubes Añejo rum. It's from Oaxaca, uh, Mexico. Okay. So, rum from Mexico should be interesting to try on the program today. We'll talk about more top cigars of 2022. We only scratched the surface of those uh, lists on our last mm. show of the year, and we'll. Uh, also, there's very interesting development, legal development in the cigar world this last week. Cuba, the country, won a lawsuit in court over the brand name Cohiba. Really? Which means that unless it's appealed and, and you know, goes the other way on appeal, that uh, I think it's, it's a general cigar that owns the uh, non-Cuban sure Cohiba. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but whatever a company it is that distributes the non-Cuban Cohiba would have to cease and desist using so the Cohiba. My name. question is this: Then, if that goes through and that is successful, what about all the other brands? Because there are tons of Cuban uh, sure. There's brands. H. Upman. There's Monte Cristo. Punch. Yeah. All. Of those, uh huh. Like, sure. Like all that those. began as Cuban brands and and, and were were co-opted or used. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if there's something different about Cohiba in terms of maybe in other cases they secured rights differently or something. Well, I don't all know. The, all the market, the labels are the same. Right. Well, like the only way you can tell on a lot of those is when you look <laughs> at the label itself. Now, I will say Cohiba. It says Havana. Right. I will say, though, Cohiba changed their packaging for non-Cuban Cohibas uh, a number of years ago. They now use the word Cohiba against the background, and then there's a dot. The dot is either oh, blue or red. Oh, that's right. I, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, so they changed there. So theirs is not as similar. And I wonder if even that might have been in response to this lawsuit or maybe trying to show that they were differentiating in some way or whatever. I don't know. But uh, in any case, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah. And, and wouldn't it be something if non-Cuban Cohibas became like a collector's item because they're no longer going to be produced. no longer available. They are, however, expensive enough. They are. Even the, uh, remember when they released, I think it was Cohiba Blue, which is supposed to be, this is their this less is their expensive. Affordable yeah, and range. it's still like 13 or $14. Yeah, <laughs> so, and it's not very, like, I was not impressed <laughs> by not that. Not my favorite, no, for sure. Although I will say a lot of the non-Cuban Cohibas are pretty good. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. They're like, they, they are good, but they're expensive. Yes, like, they Davidoff's are. are real good cigars. Yeah, but, but they're, they're expensive. expensive. Yeah, yeah <laughs> they're exactly. Expensive. Exactly. So anyway, we'll talk to you about that. We have craft beer predictions for 2023. 
and uh, a whole lot more. It's going to be an interesting show. We will also, um, uh, we didn't get to this last time, but we have a list where beer snobs pick the best Texas beers. Oh, I thought that yeah. would be interesting we for you and I to chime in on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, had a, we had a busy show last time mm-hmm. just with those cigar lists. So, uh, and, and of course, we've got more of the cigar lists, and we have, of course, a return of one of our uh, uh, most heralded and often uh, asked for segments on the program, the popular segment called Drinking News. And our drinking news teaser headline for today. It's not enough to just walk the line. Oh, I like that one. That was different. I, didn't, I didn't know if there was going to be more to that. No, no, it was just, a, you know. I mean, the awkward pause is okay. Yeah, I, we, Listen, if awkward pause wasn't okay, we'd have been out of business a long time ago. <laughs> they would have stopped us by we, now. That's right. And no one has stepped in to do that. Well, you would strangely. think. <coughs> Ah, uh, see, I just instituted an awkward pause. You did, and it worked. See, <laughs> so what would we think? Or was that? Uh, no, that I was, was just, just for I was the purpose. Putting, of, yeah, I was just putting just a for pause the purpose of the awkward pause. Well, I appreciate that, sir. Thank <laughs> you. You would think. Uh, yes, you would. Uh, well, it's been uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks for us since we've done a show. And uh, again, thanks to everyone for giving us the grace period of a week off for the holidays. Uh, but I'm assuming Ian, you've had a chance to smoke something interesting over I the did. holidays. But so. you know what? Before I get to that, I have a question. Mm-hmm. We had a couple special occasions come up. Yes. What cigars did you smoke on Christmas and New Year's? Oh, no. So, so this what were is your special occasion cigars. My special occasion cigars for uh, Christmas Eve, I smoked a um, an Alec Bradley. Is it Prensado? Prensado. I always, Prensado, Prensado. Yeah. I always, I always uh, mispronounce that one. Which was, you know, I don't know if that's a special occasion cigar, but it sure was good. It was, uh, was it, Prince not. I don't Prince, know. yeah. However, I'll have, I have well, to be thing. looking at it yes. to actually pronounce it correctly and look at the name because I always get it wrong. Uh, and then on uh, New Year's Eve, I had my uh, Monte Cristo. Um, uh, it's not the eighteen. Anyway, it's it's the the latest Monte Cristo by AJ. That uh, he did was the special uh, the, the Nicaragua. 135. The, no, it's not the one thirty five. It's the Nicaragua. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that I'd kind of been saving for a special occasion. So that was my New Year's Eve cigar. How about you? So uh, on Christmas Day, because mm-hmm. I didn't have a chance on Christmas Eve, but on Christmas Day I had my forty fifth anniversary uh, Padron. Oh, sweet! And holy cow, that's yeah, delicious. yeah. And then I had the uh, Reserva Viejo on New Year's. Ah, that's good. The too. Maduro Reserva yeah, Viejo. Yeah, yeah. So sweet. So so good. Very sweet. very yeah. nice. Well, good, good. Is that so? Is that what you're going to talk about for your cigar t- nope. today? No, nope. no, uh, no. I stopped else. at Casa earlier today, and uh, and I was it was kicking around. I found uh, a couple new cigars that I didn't try, but I'm going to hold off on uh, one of those. Because uh, a buddy of mine was looking for one of them in particular, so I bought two. So we're going to uh, meet okay. up this week and have a – well, Alan, we're going to meet up this week and have a cigar. Very nice. Uh, but I picked up one that I just hadn't tried, the uh, Avo Evizian Synchro, which I mm. have tried. But I hadn't tried the the uh, this particular iteration of it, the Fagata. Is this the one in, – it's in the square tube, right? No, or the so that's one tube? of – that's okay. the one I had tried before. Okay. Uh, this is a different, as far as I understand, this is a different blend from that one. Okay. And the Fogata's uh, pretty good. And this was a, 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 what they call a short torpedo. It was four and a half by 52. Ooh. So pretty small cigar. 
Uh, Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Mexican San Andreas binder, uh, Dominican and Nicaraguan filler. Uh, the appearance on his chocolate brown wrapper, smooth, almost no veins. It's really, really a pretty little cigar. Uh, they had the Avo uh, Synchro Band plus a secondary Fagata Band, uh, firm overall feel. Uh, the pre-light sniff on this traditional uh, tobacco right off the bat, gentle barnyard uh, on the nose, raisin, mocha, a little fermented hay. Uh, the pre-light draw, I used the clip on this. Draw was effortless, rich, dark fruit and raisin, fermented hay, tea leaf. The initial light, uh, this is a woody bomb. Mm, a woody it, bomb. A woody bomb. Interesting. It had like tons of uh oak and cedar no not on. you're not talking about like campfire like charred wood, no do you? you're no, talking about like just, oak just like oak and cedar like, like oak barrel and cedar time, yeah, gotcha. yeah. Mm -hmm. um it left a little bit of that dry oak in the, in the back of your uh a palate like a, like a good red wine does you know mm -hmm. like that kind of dryness so it's really nice uh it's sweet rich earth also on it uh hay and leather with a touch of white pepper the first third of this, leather and earth, mocha and sweet raisin, oak and cedar all share the palate space along with hints of powdered sugar and uh, te uh, tech leaf? Teach leaf? Teach leaf. <laughs> Tea leaf is what I meant to put, but apparently it auto-corrected me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, retrohale is cedar, oak, uh, mild pepper, and sweet. Uh, solid ash, good burn. Second third of this, brimming with wood, hay, uh, leather, earth, mocha, with hints of powdered sugar, dark fruit, and an undefinable sweetness and a kiss of white pepper. This cigar delivers big, fluffy, medium-strength smoke, ready for smoke rings. Retro has woody and sweet with a touch of pepper. Solid ash, uneven burn. Mm. The last third of this, construction issues. Really? The wrapper. This surprises you look in this me picture a right here is the unraveling. One, yeah, the one up there, yeah. Yeah, the um, it's we call that pulling a Gurkha. <laughs> my, my auto, my auto uh, uh, correct on here is the burn b i r n. Wow, is uneven. <laughs> I don't think I'm that bad at spelling. I, feel I like don't know if auto correct. Uh, how does it auto correct burn to b i r n? To burn. To burn. <laughs> the burn. Uh, so the burn is uneven. Woody flavors uh, gain intensity. A citrus note kind of appears and, and somewhat dominated the last third of the cigar. Uh, aside from tending, the smoking is fine. Retro Hill is woody with white pepper and citrus. Solid ash, uneven burn. Uh, it was really, a little annoying. It, it just it really started, uh, the wrapper started unraveling a bit. The burn was just uneven and had to be tended yeah. substantially to fix it this is a ten dollar cigar mm -hmm. uh and again it's a four and a half inch cigar by 52 so this is a lot of pricey cigar for yeah, a little yeah. bit of for a small cigar for a small sure. cigar uh, i give it a three really yeah the flavor was great uh, i highly recommend the the synchro line is for flavor but that construction on this one uh was was bad that's what i used to say about the gurkhas back when they were having all their just almost universal construction problems the cigars flavors were not bad at all it was that construction yeah. just made them such a hassle to smoke yeah and so and i think on here i don't think i generally have any issues with avo uh cigars in general construction wise so i think i maybe just got one maybe um, yeah i remember 
it's been a long time since I had an Avo, but I remember that the last one I had was disappointing. And I think Wait, it was construction. Was that one that was like an anniversary one that came it, out it that was, me and was, you happened to have yes. on the same week? It was, yes. And, and yours I, fell all to pieces. Yours was okay and mine fell yeah. apart, as I recall. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. So I And I hate to be harsh about it. The flavor was good. I really enjoyed the cigar itself. But, man, just the tending and everything towards mm -hmm. the entire last third of this. Gets a three. Yeah. I, at $10, I'm with you. It gets at $10. A three. Yeah. Because you can buy a lot of great cigars in the $10 that won't price fall range. Apart, yeah. That's right. It's absolutely right. I mean, for $7, I could go buy a, a Serie R Maduro and right. never have right. an issue. For $7 and $9, you can get a Bella Artez from AJ Fernandez. Yeah. I've yet to have a construction problem yeah, on any so of those. It's, it's just and difficult. It's so, yeah, yeah low, low score on that one today. Mm -hmm. Even mm -hmm. though it was a decent cigar, it was good. All right. Well, I smoked one I had never smoked before. Uh, it was a a cigar line called Mombacho. Mombacho. It was the Mombacho Miami Corona Gorda. I mean, it sounds fun. That's a lot I of had. syllables yeah. right there. Uh, and it was a nice looking medium brown cigar. Looked very well rolled. It is a Nicaraguan Puro. The band on it reads with more than just Mombacho Miami Corona Gorda. The band reads Mombacho Thermonuclear Triple Ligero Edition Limitada. And it's my understanding that this cigar uses three leaves of Lijero tobacco from Esteli, Nicaragua, a Nicaraguan Corojo binder, and a Corojo 99. Okay, wrapper. I expect this thing to be nuclear. And I at didn't, this point. when I bought it, I didn't realize. I mean, it looked, uh, you know, it looked like Nicaraguan tobacco, looked like a lot of the cigars I smoked in terms of color and all that. Uh, so I wasn't expecting it to be light right. or mild, but I didn't realize I'd picked up what was calling itself thermonuclear. I didn't see that on the band until I actually went to smoke it. This cigar is now made at Casa Fernandez in Miami. Now, that's not A.J. Fernandez. Right, that's, right. Casa, uh, right. Casa Fernandez. Uh, and uh, I picked mine up at Casa de Monte Cristo here in Houston uh, before Christmas. Uh, it's listed as a Corona Gorda, but to the eye, it really looks much like a Toro, maybe a tiny, tiny bit larger. Uh, I used a punch and checked out the pre-light aromas, a little bit of sweetness on the nose, and the same for the cold draw, although there was a hint of baking spice. So, not knowing much about the cigar at all, I lit the Mombacho, and the first few puffs were all about pepper. In fact, I'd go so far as to say that if I had a song about something we refer to on the program here as the Nicaraguan Pepper Blast, I would probably want to play it right now. If only such a song if existed. Only this song existed. Think of how glorious that would be. <laughs> anyway, back to the cigar. Yes, I did get a nice little blast of pepper right away, along with some notes of oak and the baking spices that I mentioned from the cold draw. It burned pretty well in the first third, not razor straight, but again, no problems at all. In the second third, those baking spice notes clarified themselves somewhat, somewhat to my palate in a more of what I would call a sort of a yeasty pretzel uh, kind of a note, making me think that this cigar would pair up great with a good Oktoberfest beer, like the St. Oh, Arnold nice. Oktoberfest, yeah. or what's the other the one that you below. really like? The 11 yeah, Below. Yeah, so yeah. Good. It would pair so great with that. Uh, the pepper note, which backed off slightly after the initial Nicaraguan pepper blast, seemed to grow stronger little by little as the cigar smoked. By the final third, it was pretty pronounced, mm -hmm. uh, leading me to warn that this is not a cigar for the first-time smoker. Uh, it is a powerful little beast, especially once it gets going. Uh, I'll mention that the pepper was not so much up front, like when you smoke a chisel by La Flor Dominicana. Right. I mean, that pepper hits you from the NPB mm -hmm. uh, on the first one, and it stays in the forefront mm -hmm. of everything. In this particular case, 
Um, the pepper was most prominent on the finish and in the retrohale. Uh, the first notes of each puff gave me more of that pretzel and baking spice, but the tingle on my tongue after I would exhale, uh, that was all black pepper. No, right, yeah. right. Uh, the ash only held on for about three quarters of an inch at a time, at least at first. But construction was great, and I had no complaints with the burn or draw. And as you'll see in this picture over here, there, uh, oh yes, that one. Thank yeah. you. Uh, as you'll see there, uh, as it burned f on a little further, the ash held on a little bit longer. So, uh, it, but it wasn't, but it wasn't one of those where you you've smoked half the cigar and you have half the ash still hanging on. Still though, no real construction issues uh, overall, uh, and no complaints with the burn or the draw. The only complaint, in fact, that I might raise about the Mombacho Miami is that there wasn't a lot of change on the flavors as it smoked. What you first taste is pretty much what you get gotcha. with this one. So a little bit of a one-trick pony. <clears throat> yep. That said, I really liked what I got. So I wasn't disappointed by that, even though you might long for a little more of that, you know, change in complexity. Still was really good. I will say this. If you're not into Big Pepper... This would not be the cigar for you because it's big pepper. Uh, the Mombacho Miami is a $10 cigar, much like the one you smoked. And while I'm tempted to penalize it for not providing a wider variety of flavors, fact is I really enjoyed it too much. So uh, I'll recommend it for pepper lovers only and give it a solid five price to quality. Nice. So uh, so there you go. Uh, by the way, my understanding, I tried to do a little reading about it because it's not a cigar I'd seen before or knew anything about. Apparently, it is only available or at least at the time of what I read on Half Wheel, it was only available at uh, Serious Cigars in Houston, which Serious Cigars became Casa de Monte Cristo. And that is where I bought this one. What I don't know, because they've continued to produce it, is if it is now available elsewhere gotcha. or not. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it might be something to, you know, to look for. So uh, in any case, if you're in the uh, greater Houston area and you like Big Pepper, stop by uh, Casa and get you one of these because you'll Pepper. you should you should experience. That's what they used to call me in high school. <laughs> uh, isn't that a Jay Z song? Big Pepper. I don't know. Anyway, all right, let's uh, take a break. We'll come back and do a little beer tasting. We've got a lot to do and talk about on the program today, but I'm actually very excited about tasting this uh, bombshell pills. Yeah, let's do from, it from uh, Southern Star in Conroe, Texas. So we'll get to that when we come back. It's smoking and toasting show number three oh nine, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, our program all about craft beer, fine spirits, <coughs> excuse me, and hand-rolled cigars. Um, so drink trends in 2022. How did we drink in 2022? We turned for the answers to one of my favorite websites, liquor.com. They're so fun. Yeah, one of my favorite websites that isn't that doesn't have hub in the name uh, <laughs> is uh, liquor.com. So um they uh they, that took me a minute okay. to get it <laughs> I, you know now i get it oh, there's you know plenty what? of there's, beer if you want to there's pour only a three more. of us today yeah, that's right uh so let me run down these drink <laughs> trends for uh 2022 from liquorhub.com uh i'm sorry just liquor.com uh from shirley temples to sodas make it dirty they say from whence the dirty shirley came we can't be sure but the vodka spiked Shirley Temple hit its peak zeitgeist in summer of 2022, even if no one really wanted to drink it. However, dirty sodas, 
booze-free concoctions that blend soda syrups, juice, and cream may be here to stay. Uh, although they say you won't catch us drinking Diet Dr. Pepper, lime juice, and coffee creamer. Uh, through the power of TikTok, though, dirty sodas have risen uh, to the mainstream in a category that culminated in 2022 with Lindsay Lohan and Pepsi hawking pilk in holiday commercials, if that means anything to you. <coughs> Second trend, even dirtier if it's a martini. A resurgence in martini drinking showed no signs of slowing down in the past year, nor did bartenders' quest to make the dirtiest martini of them all. And I applaud this because I love really super dirty martinis. In fact, I make them so dirty at home that my wife, when we go out and she orders a martini somewhere, I have to say, extra, extra, extra dirty three olives. and Because mm -hmm. and otherwise... It comes back not, not as not dirty, dirty as he wants it, yeah. Uh, the Dirty South Martini at Co-op Community Table and Bar in Huntsville, Alabama, uses a hint, a hit of pickled okra brine and a pimento cheese-stuffed garnish of pickled okra. At Jennifer in Los Angeles, beverage director Kelso Norris spikes her uh, Daitu Pute marini with, uh, Martini with garlic powder, fish sauce, and a full ounce of Filipino cane vinegar. I don't know. Uh, I don't to know. To me, about that's that. a, I, I, I just go olive juice, man. Now, olive juice, <clears throat> a little vermouth. In fact, I found a great martini secret weapon, and I don't know if I've shared this with you. At Specs, which is our big liquor store here, they have several things that are like their house brand, you know, of yeah, things. Yeah. And one of the things you can get their house brand on is olives. Oh yeah, yeah. Big big chunk of the shelf uh, for olives is is devoted to the Specs brand stuff, and they have it's only available in small jars. But you can get a pimento-stuffed queen um, olive, green olive, that is soaking in vermouth. <laughs> See, I haven't tried the vermouth-soaked one. And I've, I've never been able to get vermouth quite right in my martinis. I either get too little so you don't taste it at all, or I get too much and it, it isn't really the taste I wanted with martinis. But I have found... That by using these olives, which have been pre-soaked in vermouth, it's just the right amount of vermouth for the martini. So that's my nice. new uh, my new martini. And that's probably weapon. the right amount of vermouth to buy at the time too, because mm -hmm. vermouth it is um, is uh, uh, perishable. Like it doesn't sit on the shelf well. You have to refrigerate it. You have to keep it refrigerated. So that's a good motivation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to make sure that your vermouth is still in good shape. Uh, a couple of other things from this list of liquor.com. A cocktail with a side of caviar. Apparently a big trend was uh, serving a little bit of caviar on the side with a craft cocktail of sorts that developed in oh, 2022. I've never heard of Especially that. in New York. Uh, also the Vesper Club in Nashville. Uh, they pair caviar with their all-martini tasting menu. Uh, and uh, uh, the next thing on this list is just a question. Is vodka dead? And according to Laura Utnerberg, the owner of Nashville Hotspot, the Fox Bar, she says the vodka drinker is gone. They don't exist. And she credits this. Obviously, that's an exaggeration. She credits this to less juniper forward New World gins converting former vodka drinkers and high end agave spirits that are now her fastest growing category. She says it used to be. If you're basic, you wanted a Moscow Mule, but that never gets called anymore. Uh, so people are calling for these other drinks and other spirits. Now, I will say that some of these less juniper-forward gins, Fox and Seekers mm -hmm. gin comes to mind. That Meridian gin is fantastic. That, that really works for me because I've never been huge on juniper. That's why I'm not a, a bigger fan of gin. I mean, I enjoy tasting it, 
but it's not something I necessarily would want to make a martini out of, which is why I've always leaned towards vodka martinis because of the the floral nature of the of the gin martinis. But using something like that Fox and Seeker, which if you remember, we got introduced to Fox and Seeker right. when we did our martini challenge. And those gin martinis were pretty damn good. And this is coming from the vodka martini guy. So the at my house now, uh the, the Fox and Seeker is is a standard for the gin and for the uh and for the uh vodka even. I'm, right, right. I'm very, very happy. Like when I, we do mixed drinks, that's usually what I go for. My business partner, Pat, is a gin guy. He always always gin and tonics his drink. He's gin's been his favorite spirit forever. Uh, I got him a bottle of the Fox and Seeker for Christmas. It's the first time he'd had it, and he went crazy for it. And That's I didn't good. know if he would like it because he likes the junipery stuff, and right. he went crazy for it. So anyway, uh, it is what it is. I just almost accidentally took a sip of this, and it's delicious. This is good. Have you tried this it? This is very sessionable good. Mm-hmm. Has a little bit of citrusiness to it, uh, it which surprises me a little in a Pilsner. It's got a rounder, maltier finish to it yes. than you would expect. It's almost Usually like Pilsner has that little bite on the end. That's almost of... a little backwards. Like there's, it's got a crisp finish ish, mm-hmm. but you almost get more uh, of the hops up front and then malt afterwards. This is a delicious beer. It's pretty good. It almost makes up for that mead from Southern <laughs> Star. <laughs> Remember that mead, Malort, and hasn't there been one other thing that was just absolutely Mama terrible? Wanna. Mead, Malort, and Mama Wana, the three M's of don't drink them. Um, No, not all mead is bad, but that mead we tried that was the one you brought in from Southern Side, that was just horrific. This is a little bigger than I thought, too. It's 5.2. So not real big, but... But still, yeah, for a Pilsner, you expect it to be more in the four and a half category, you know, in terms of ABV. Does it say anything else uh, about it? I'm assuming this is a this regular is cool before serving. Yeah, it's but... got a great looking, like, I like how uh, simple mm-hmm. the can is. The, the And the girl um, riding the rocket is, it's not the same image, but it's a throwback to the bombshell blonde. Yeah, to the bombshell blonde mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing. That's good. It also has a little bit of Doritos effect going. You. You take that sip and you kind of want another one. You yeah, know? there's a little something, something in there that's undefinable too. That I don't know what it is, but it, so it. it strikes me. You mentioned the malt uh, hop balance. It also strikes me as a traditional pilsner, but with almost like a, a what you would define as the flavor of like a hazy or juicy IPA, mm-hmm. but not that hoppy. But a little of that citrusy that the hazy, uh, thing, yeah, yeah that, that the hazy gives off. I mean, it's definitely got hops in there, but this is quite good. It is good. quite good. I'm, this, a, I'm an instant fan. Yeah, of Yeah, this. This, this will be. This will hit the fridge. I will have some more of these uh, in the beer fridge soon. Because uh, sometimes you just you know, you watch a football game or something. You just want to have a beer. You know, you're not getting too crazy about. Oh, I want to taste something exotic. You just want right. a really good, well balanced beer. And a lot of times that's when I go for something, you know, something like uh, uh, I go for the uh, Eighth Wonder Tex a lot. Yes, yes, Eighth Wonder Tex is a good one. Uh, Summer Pills from St. Arnold, yeah. uh, but this this falls right into that same category. In fact, I might like it a little better. <laughs> mm. Careful now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a find. And if you remember from the last show, two out of the three beers we were disappointed. Yeah, we didn't like them very much. Yeah, so so we're off to a good start here in the new year uh, with uh, with this beer. Um, just looking at uh, at different things on this list, uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but they talked about the disco aesthetic, uh, which seems more like you know what 
how bars and clubs are decorating themselves, but they also are talking about the fact that there are uh, there are cocktails being mixed that harken back to the '70s disco era. Uh, so that's what that's about. And then the Jello Shot 2.0. They're talking about has uh, the Jello Shot 2.0. Yep. What does that mean? Bars across this? the country uh, are making uh, new and wobbly, wonderful and complex edible cocktails. There's a champagne jello shot at Nashville's now that White I'd Limousine, never heard of. Uh, for which bartender Demi Natoli combines bubbles, white wine, pisco, grapefruit juice, sugar, cinnamon, pernod, and tartaric acid before setting the mixture with gelatin and edible glitter. <laughs> at Milady's in New York City, Julie Renner's team presents house jigglers in blue Hawaiian and pink, pol- pink pomegranate paloma flavors on clam shells. Clamshells set atop ice. I'm having trouble reading today for some reason. Maybe maybe I need more <laughs> it's of this. Easy for you to say. Yeah, uh, and then share, uh, shareable Jello fruit baskets are available at Silver Lion in Washington D.C. and uh, at uh, Oma's Hideaway in Portland, Oregon. Uh, Disney property there, Ogus Can- Ogus Cantina, now serves a, sh- a solid shot of vodka, sour apple sprite, and boba balls. I guess that has something to do with Boba Fett. I don't know. Boba Jello shots. Weird. Yeah, a little strange. But uh, anyway, uh, that's just some of the trends that defined cocktail drinking in 2022. Well, I, I guess, you know, you got a Jello shot. Someone's going to make a fancy version <coughs> of it, right? Right. Jello, but I like Jello shots 2.0. That just sounds <laughs> that's cool. funny. Okay, maybe I could revisit Jello shots. <clears throat> I'm the I'm the guy that generally, when they say Jello shot, I'm generally like. No, thanks. I've been out of college far too long. <laughs> you know it's, it's, come on. Uh, let's uh, let's you do know, something I'll, else. So I, I generally just don't do shots anymore, ever, right. for anything. Yeah, I'm like, kind of like that. But I'll do jello shots. It, well, I will do I will do tequila shots, but I just don't shoot them, you know? Have you ever I just had sip them. Gummy, uh, gummy bears or whatever soaked in? Like a, yeah, not a fan. They're, they're really weirdly slimy. Not a fan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's too slimy for me. Uh, but, like, if somebody makes... You know, like a classic shot, like a you know, a Sex on the Beach or a, 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 a what do you? I'm trying to think of the one uh, Kamikaze. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll I'll do that. I won't make them, but if somebody else makes them or or orders them at the bar, yeah, I'll, I'll have one. Why not? So most of the time, I'll mind pass eraser on those too. Mind eraser. <laughs> that takes you back to the college drinking days, doesn't it? Uh, well, <laughs> the in purple any case. people eater over at uh, oh, Lola's yeah. is particularly. <laughs> Yeah, it's particularly terrifying. Yes, it is. Terrifying is the right word. I was looking for the right <laughs> word, and you nailed it. <laughs> terrifying is absolutely right. Uh, all right. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's uh, let's enjoy a sip away a little bit of this. Enjoy it and take a, a quick break. And we will be back to uh, sample our next beer, which is the Mind Haze Tiki Smash IPA from incredibly reputable brewery out of California, Firestone Walker. These oh, yeah. guys know what they're doing. We'll be back. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. And we welcome you to show number 309, our first show of 2023. We're really glad to have you on board. Matthew McConaughey is ending his partnership with Wild Turkey. Uh, right. As you remember, they've been together on the Long Branch uh, imprint, the Wild Turkey line, for quite He's some been time. With them for a while now. Yeah, right? yeah. 
And Long Branch will continue, but without McConaughey as a partner. His signature has actually been absent from bottles of Long Branch as early as the first week or so of December. Um, mm. And uh, it launched in 2018. It's garnered quite a bit of praise from critics, from gin to tequila to rum to whiskey. Celebrity booze is lucrative and often full to the brim with pitfalls. Celebrity booze excluding Long Branch, that is, said Jay West, a Whiskey Raider Spirits critic. Um, so it's Long Branch has been well-received, and it's been such a successful endeavor that the brand even opened a ranch where guests can stay while visiting the distillery. So even though there'll be a little bit less of the man behind the bourbon around the distillery, it looks like both McConaughey and Long Branch will be... All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all <laughs> oh, And I, by the way, I didn't write that. That was in the article. So so there you go. So I, I don't know what, what this article doesn't tell us, though, is why. Like, why would Matthew McConaughey step away? Did I, he I sell his... Got... His ownership back to uh, Wild Turkey. I wonder. It is a good whiskey. We've had it. It's good. I wonder if he has maybe a, a new project, maybe his own, <clears throat> maybe something whiskey or something. Could be. I don't know. But if so, he set the bar fairly high because but the Long, Long Branch, Branch was very successful. Yeah, the Long Branch has been good. The other uh, Heaven's Door, right, is real good. Yeah, Heaven's Door, the Bob Dylan one, yeah. and uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, and Blacken, Metallica is, good, is yeah. very good. Yeah. Of course, it's hard to go wrong when you, when your whiskey was aged know, on aged on uh, ride the lightning. For all. Yeah, right. Well, it's also hard to go wrong when you have, uh, uh, you know, the one of the more well-known, successful uh, distillers of all time, who basically came up with your uh, your your whiskey. Yeah, and so um, it's uh, yeah. If you're gonna do if you're gonna do a, a whiskey, I mean, Dave Pickerel was the guy. He's a, he's a go-to guy for sure. Uh, I love this on the on the nose already. It smells it smells really good. It smells like a wonderfully tropical, very wonderfully solid citrus, IPA, very yeah. solid IPA. Yep. Uh, mm. Yeah, they don't let me it's, down here. It's sweeter than I expected. <clears throat> kind of like a. Uh, sometimes you get like an orange juice, even though it hasn't been sweetened. But the orange, it, the orange Almost is used like to make it a real sweet. Julius kind of. Yeah. Like and and. and because it's like a creamy orange kind of taste to kind it. Of, yeah, almost like an orange creamsicle. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of that. And there is, by the way, Buffalo Bayou. The dreamsicle. Makes a dreamsicle <laughs> that is fantastic. Oh, my God. It's not. It's a beer. It's not an yeah. actual dreamsicle. But that thing is amazing. It's really good. I, this this doesn't good, have the vanilla that that has. But it, You know what I like about this is uh, how quickly it's off the palate, too. Yeah. Like, it's actually, it's got the hops, but it's off the palate pretty quick. Uh, tropical hops with coconut. That's the... That's what I'm getting in there. And that's why maybe I'm not getting the vanilla. a little something different. I don't, I, I don't know. I didn't think coconut. But that's what's making it ticky, is the coconut. I don't know that I could pick coconut out of that without reading that it's coconut. But it is an interesting thing, and I like the beer. The beer's good. Yeah, it really is. I mean, these guys are so... So, so good at what they do. And, you know, their IPAs can be extremely experimental, like we mentioned in the uh, Luponic Distortion yeah. series. Uh, this is less so. This is just a very drinkable kind of mainstream hazy. It says, uh, beer before glory, India pale ale brewed with coconut, 6.2% alcohol by volume. My friends, that's good. Get some. It's good. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely try this. This is such an interesting, I bet. Uh, I bet this goes. This would be one of those rare IPAs that would go well with uh, cigar as well. Yes, I think you're right because, as a fan of obviously 
cigars and IPAs, I don't often enjoy them together because some of my favorite IPAs take something like Art Car from uh, St. Arnold mm -hmm. or or like a Harpoon IPA. Uh, there's just enough of the uh, hop bite that it almost sours the cigar. It makes right. the cigar doesn't – sours might not be the right word, but it be, it gives it a uh, a harshness that it, that doesn't really work. This is hot, this, I think, would go. This is hot present, but it doesn't bitter at the end. No, it doesn't, it doesn't at all. I mean, there's a tiny, tiniest little bit, but but not now. I think this is. This yeah, is really I think nice. it would go with a cigar. In fact, that's uh, that's going to go on my to do list. You sir have broken yours. I certainly have, and I uh, I don't like pouring, a broken cup of IPA. Pouring more into it. <clears throat> IPA, good. <laughs> How do you mm. really feel? <laughs> mm -mm 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 -mm. Well, you know, the past several shows we haven't done an IPA, so it's mm. been it's nice to nice to return with a really good one here. So. Yeah, that's good. Very nice. Very nice. All right. We take a break. We return with uh, more to come. We are going to taste some rum in the next segment. It's the Paranubes or Paranubes Añejo rum from Oaxaca, from Mexico. So we'll be interested to see how the Mexicans make rum because they sure do do a good job with that tequila stuff. That's true. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It is uh, the program we call Smoking and Toasting. It's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are so glad to have you with us on the program. We were talking about Matthew McConaughey in the last segment, and he's uh, stepping away from uh, the wild turkey uh, whiskey that he's, been, uh, uh, that he's been a partner in for a while. I just wanted to mention, if you have not seen, and you can find it on YouTube, just, just search Matthew McConaughey Graduation. There is a graduation speech that he gave a few years ago, some college's commencement. Uh, it's fantastic. It's like one of the greatest, most makes sense, still very moving and encouraging um, uh, speeches of any like that that I've ever heard. You know, former presidents give those. I mean, people who are really considered to be great you orators, know, great speakers. And Matthew McConaughey's is as good or better than any other. You I've know who also did an amazing one a few years back? Probably, probably closer to 10 years by now or something mm -hmm. like that was uh, Ashton Kutcher. Really? I wouldn't see. I, that one would surprise me more than Matthew McConaughey. Man, I, if you listen to his, it's really like, wow, okay. Uh, I remember seeing that when it came out. It was viral for a bit. That's very interesting. I uh, this um this rum bottle doesn't have a very rum looking. No, it absolutely doesn't. Uh, it doesn't just it just doesn't look like rum. Like this looks this looks like like if I saw it from here and had no idea, I'd just say tequila. Mm-hmm. Maybe even a whiskey, like a bourbon. Maybe whiskey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, it is not a very rum looking bottle. <laughs> There's a weird little nub on the glass down here as well. I see, though, however, you have uh, gone through the pains of uh, removing uh, the plastic from well, the top. I thought it was important to start the new year thinking safety first. And then, yeah, and then clearing clearing the neck of the bottle to, to uh, avoid spillage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's pretty amazing, man. going to read you a few uh, from Lynchpin SE. Craft beer marketing and industry trends shaping 2023. These are predictions for what will... Uh... Man, you have been hitting it with the rhyming today, by the yes, way. Yes, I am. I'm a poet, and I didn't <laughs> even know it. Uh, That's so... about the fourth time you've rhymed <laughs> a sentence so nicely. You know, I make rhymes. That's what I do. 
You're like a lyrical gangster. <laughs> I am something like that, yes. Uh, <laughs> word around. Uh, sour beers gain a mass following is the first prediction uh, from this website for 2023. And that's interesting. They they are still, I still think of them as very much a niche product, don't you? Like, like but sours. sours. Sours were like... There were just a few sour beers on the market yeah. uh, probably seven years ago. And then they exploded. There's so many sour beers We've on got the market. Places right like now. Martin House in Fort Worth. Yeah, they make just crazy amounts crazy of sour sours. Beers. Yeah. Um and, yeah. and, and I I Prairie Artist Nails. Yeah, that from the awesome. inside perspective, I feel like sour beers are already exploding. Mm -hmm. So well, that to me, that's like saying that's like saying water is getting wetter this year. Like this is this is already <laughs> this is happening. Plays a comedian Jim Gaffigan talks about bottled water. He's like, this is more watery than regular water. Right. <laughs> uh, the second trend: loggers get respect in the craft world. Now, I feel like that's already started. Okay, as so well. I think that's I think that's crappy wording. Mm -hmm. Let me explain why. Loggers are harder to make. And they take longer. And they lager means to store. So it right. takes longer to turn around a lager right. than it does almost everything else. But I think in terms of consumers, though, we're seeing a real growth in people turning to lagers as one of their more primary uh, beer styles. Well, so the only lagers you could get for a long time were the macro brew lagers. Right, right. Um, and and again, it's a hard style to brew for a for a brewer because, uh, frankly, to to get a nice flavor mm -hmm. um, out of a beer that that that's inherently that light, right? That's that's a difficult thing well, to master. You it, know, that's it like, is. And and if you think about it, the craft beer explosion essentially happened on the back of IPA. I mean, IPA was what really drove IPA, craft beer yeah. into into position of and huge stouts. and stouts. And stouts originally and it was right. beers you could never find, right? And know? and, and so dark right, beers you were weren't huge getting and anything. IPAs were huge. You weren't getting anything like that from macro brew, and so those were what caused the explosion. But now, as the craft beer explosion has settled in somewhat, you're seeing a lot of brewers going uh, saying we can make a really good lager. Yeah, it and doesn't have to so taste like many Bud good Wizard. ones. There's mm -hmm. so many good ones. Texas Leaguer makes a great one. Oh yes, uh -huh. uh, that we said it earlier. The uh, uh, the Tex Lager from uh, uh, Eighth from Wonder, Eighth Wonder. fantastic. Um, yes, the uh, Scout Mexican Lager from mm -hmm. oh, uh, yeah, that is from fantastic. Uh, 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 True Anomaly. Uh -huh. I don't know why I was blanking on them. Uh, the, uh, there's so many good lagers out right now. Mm -hmm. uh, craft lagers, and I think that that's that's a nice way for a lot of the uh, the brewmeisters. To flex their brew muscles a little bit because, like, it does take longer and it take you don't make as much money on it because it takes longer. Kima Suprema, a great yeah. pilsner uh, that we've had on the show here yep. a few months ago. Uh, great stuff. Uh, so, loggers get respect to the craft world. The next trend is beers containing CBD take stage. Um, CBD oil obviously is super popular. Uh, most forms of hemp were legalized on the national federal level in 2018, but many craft breweries, they say, plan to launch CBD beers in a limited run and will continue the lines if they prove popular. That is, if the legalities uh, don't get in the way. I will say that the hemp-infused beer that I've tried most recently, I'm trying to think of which one it was. It's not Dogfish Head. It's... It's it's the one with the fish uh, on the label. Still water, ah, 
they have a 420 beer that is, oh, that is that. infused. I don't like it at all. It's yeah, like, I remember. It's like I think the we flavors, had it in here. The flavors not. don't seem to yeah. go together to me. It's not that I don't like that smell or aroma. That it's a danky smell. Yeah, yeah I, and I do like that, but it just didn't there seem to work for There are some hops that smell kind of like that. Yes, you there know. are. But also there are skunks that smell kind of like that. So it's yeah. kind of like, where are you at on the spectrum there? <laughs> on the skunk spectrum. Uh, uh, all right. So we're going to try this uh, this um, rum. This is powder. This is Paranubes. Yep. Uh, aged 18 months in American oak and yayo. And I just want to say that on the nose, it doesn't seem like rum at all. It seems like a whiskey. Yeah, it's like, it's like a, a whiskey with something going on. Now it says on this bottle uh, that it was aged. Uh, what does it say about the aging there? Eighteen months in oak. Eighteen in oak months barrels? in American oak. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well. Um, I'm not sure about this thing I, I'm, here. I'm not either. First of all, it doesn't taste like a rum at all. No, the first sip of this has nothing to do with rum. It's way too sweet. Well, There's rum way is very too sweet, much but... heat. Yeah, it's got a lot of heat. Uh, and then it's got this bitter kind of... Oh, I don't know what that is. It's it's. <sighs> it finishes like a whiskey. It says, aged 18 months in American oak. I wonder if they use stave. It's got way too much oak stave in it. Yeah. It's bitter. It's like, it's oak bitter in a bad way i kind of would think you would like this because it kind of leans toward whiskey in the spectrum so you remember we it's, had it's got a uh, like a black licorice thing going on it's been a year or more ago but we had a, a rum whiskey hybrid if you may remember that was done by Jonathan Drew of Drew Estate. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. That was more rum-oriented than this is, and it was half whiskey. Uh, Master distiller Jose Luis Carrera, uh, region Rio Tuerto. I can't pronounce that last word. Uh, now, I got a little chocolate just now. As I continue to drink wild it. Wild yeast. Pine fermentation. Maybe it's that pine I'm tasting. It's maybe. Man, it is astringent though, man. Well, I will say like, as I sip it more though, I am picking up more flavors. I'm not getting normal kind of rum flavors. I'm not getting vanilla. I'm not getting uh uh that sort of um, um maple and uh, molasses. I am though getting a little bit of chocolate. Uh, I don't know how you can get past the bitter. I like it better as I drink it more, but I'm still not to the point where I would recommend this. Man, this has... It's about a $60 bottle, too. Really? Yeah. By the way, I just want to say something while we're talking about something we're not crazy about here. I mentioned um, uh, a number of shows ago that one of my favorite tequilas, the Skelly, which comes mm -hmm. in the little... Has gotten so expensive that I've stopped buying it. Right, but it's it's because I want the añejo, and it you know I used to buy it that for was around fifty bucks. I used to buy it for around thirty eight yeah. initially. Then it went to fifty, then sixty. I kept buying it. When it approached a hundred dollars, I'm like, I'm more than halfway to a bottle of Reserva de la Familia yeah. at that price. I'd rather just wait and get that. So I stopped buying Skelly. 
my good friend Dave Murphy, who's been yeah, on the yeah. show with us, uh, sent me a bottle of Skelly Añejo for Christmas. Oh. My wife and I opened it a couple of days ago, and I had forgotten how amazingly good it is. Oh, wow. And now I'm considering that even at current prices, it might still just it, be that it good. It might still be good enough to uh, to justify it. That, that is the, you know, Reserva de la Familia is my favorite tequila I've ever had from Jose Cuervo. But Skelly is smoother. It is so smooth and it's so dangerous. Buttery. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's amazing. I don't know how they do it. So just wanted to throw that in. This, I'm not going to recommend. This one, I, this pattern of Nubis. Like, I'm trying to get through this small amount that I poured. I don't know. It, 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 you're right. Once the palate adjusts somewhat. Adjusts a little bit, it's better. You, but you it's, I don't know that it's what, it's what I'd call good. It's And it could be, you know, this might be something worth revisiting in a few months and say, you know what? What do we think now that we go into it? Knowing that it's different from a regular rum, right? Where you're not getting that. This is not a rum surprise. Yeah, at the, the you know, because like so, you know, sometimes that that knee jerk reaction when you think you're about to drink Sprite and it's Diet right. Coke or something's like, oh, see, it doesn't I, necessarily mean that's bad. It just means that like you weren't expecting. It. So I, I will if, admit that I'm a little bit that way when it comes to mezcal. Uh, when I first take a sip of mezcal, I find myself wishing it were tequila instead. Right, Chong? How do you feel about this? Don't like it. Not, yeah, he's yeah, not a yeah. fan of this at all. When I take a first sip of mezcal, I often find myself going, well, yeah, uh, I get it, but I really wish it was tequila. I would like that better. But once you've had a little bit of mezcal and you've kind of adjusted to the fact that, okay, this is a much smokier, different yeah. different thing on the palate, you can start to really appreciate it for what it is. I'm just speaking for me. Because so some people, uh, I find I'm, there are certain things like I have uh, I have a space on my shelf that is dedicated to very peaty whiskeys, right? And boy, are they peaty! Yeah. Um, and sometimes that's Lefrag the flavor and, I want. And... Yeah, so I got the Oshishan, I got the Lafreg, I've got a Kilhoman, I've got two different Lafregs. I got the Cortez and the then the Quarter Cask. The quarter cast, boy, that's very peaty. That's serious um, peat, and, yeah. the, and of course, Ardbeg is known as like the peatiest thing in yeah. the world. And then, um, but and sometimes I really want that flavor, and sometimes I don't. Uh, I find that um, mezcal and some of those off things are like uh, sometimes I want that. Like I have mm-hmm. a couple mm-hmm. mezcals, and and sometimes I go, you know what? That's the one I want right now. I just. And I don't always think about it. And you know what? Since you gave me that bottle of uh, Porteño, mm-hmm. uh, I've been revisiting the Porteño. That's I good forgot stuff, how much man. I like it. It's so good. It's real good. It's so good. And it also puts me back into trying some more rums because uh, I have, a, like, I actually am now kind of a rum guy. I have, yeah. like, nine different bottles of nice rum yep, yep. or something like that. But remember that Mocambo? Man, that yeah. stuff is outrageously good Um, serious but uh, you know i find that i like different flavors this i i'm i'd be super interested to try this again and pardon me in a couple months and go okay what do we think uh uh uh, after we've kind of absorbed the idea that maybe it's not normal and then we try it knowing it's not normal and think okay so you know what maybe there's a show there maybe we do a show like second chance tastings Right on some stuff that we for reviewed things that low. we were, you know, maybe not crazy about. Not, I don't want to do a second chance on Malord. No, because no. I'm not going to like it. I know that, but there might be some stuff that. But we... have you had the barrel aged Malord? 
Oh, please. <laughs> I have some. Do not even start with me. <laughs> I'm dead serious. It There's says, no such thing as barrel-aged Malort. No, I swear to God, I have a bottle of it. And it says, Why would you own a bottle of that? On the little shield, like the Malort shield, it has B-A-M, bam, barrel-aged Malort. Got to be kidding me. I am 100% dead serious. So, Mr. Malort, man, I is it barrel any aged better barrel-aged? It is initially better. What do you mean by initially? Well, you know how Malort is kind of like herpes it just keeps going <laughs> <laughs> my lord is like herpes that is the line of the year and it just, it's our first show <laughs> it just keeps going there's no way of getting rid of it yeah, you know, once, yep, yep. once you've taken that first sip it's pretty much over um <laughs> mm, mm, so, mm. should we pause for an awkward silence? there is no <laughs> known cure from the lord <laughs> no, no, <cure. laughs> uh, okay. no but i have i have the barrel aged malort and initially what possessed you to buy a bottle of barrel aged malort buy it my friend that gave me the malort gave me the barrel aged malort I, I don't know if i really classify him as a friend <laughs> i really don't i think you gotta and rethink so i don't that. know if you remember this you you know that this exists because i did a um I did a video and we put it on one of our shows of yes. me trying the barrel aged Malort. Man, <laughs> just takes my breath away. But there have been some things that we haven't hated, but just haven't been completely convinced. So yeah, on. sometimes, and I, and I can't a second help chance tasting because there might be are some. Well, like you told me earlier, we we had uh, the lawnmower. You told me earlier when you first tried lawnmower years ago, you I didn't like it, it at all. You hated absolutely it. hated it. Yeah, hated it. And, and, and now I like it a lot. A great beer. It really know? is. I don't know why I didn't like it at the time. I know at the time I was very much into drinking very West Coast American IPAs, yeah. things like. Um, uh, the St. Arnold um, Tall Ships one. Alyssa. Uh, Alyssa, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, those were the kind of IPAs I was into very seriously at the time. So when I drank this, it just it just didn't hit me right now. And we've had it for a show beer here today, long yeah. more from South. Now I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I like it a lot. So I don't know. There, Your tastes do change and evolve. Truly. I didn't care much for PD scotches when I first tried them. Now I enjoy them on occasion. Like it's not my go-to but sometimes that's a that's a wonderful thing to experience i'll also bring it in the same kind of way like you remember when you used to go buy cds yeah like now we're now we're dating ourselves right yeah right um there were cds that i bought and i dated surely... myself for many years before i met my wife <laughs> <laughs> gotta love yourself first yeah. um, at least you knew you were getting lucky at the end of the night <laughs> uh, if you weren't you got some serious yeah, issues. yeah that's right um uh, the uh, but like there were there were CDs that came out like for instance uh, the second uh, Big Head Todd CD Stratagem. Mm -hmm. Um, I just didn't really like it when I first listened to it, and, and then, then it grew, it grew, on, grew you on, on me. Time. And now yeah. it's like one of my favorite of his well, albums. I will say some of my never know some sometimes of my favorite like albums I didn't like that much initially. Yeah. So yes, I know what you mean. I poured myself a little more just to see. If it if it gets better, <laughs> I'm still working on my first pour. Here. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to give it a fair shake here. It's very mm -hmm. different, and I would hate to naysay something that's different. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. hey, I have a question to ask. If we're gonna go and revisit and second chance some things, do we have yeah. to do that with Fireball or not Fireball, but a Screwball? No. <laughs> Actually, though, that would be a good one to do. You know, honestly, it would be a good one to do because it's got some big fans out there. It's, you know, it's huge. The people that love it. You know who exploded that was uh, Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl of Foo Fighters, yeah. It's his favorite they whiskey. exploded it, and they sent us a bottle of that stuff. We didn't like it very much. <laughs> and we, we were like, yeah, this doesn't work. But I have told people, speaking of, uh, of peanut butter, 
I have told people about that ingenious peanut butter cup stout that we had mm. several weeks ago. That's like one of my favorite stouts of all time. That's pretty amazing. It really is. A couple more uh, things as we... Uh, I am liking this better, Ian. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I can get over it. There's something about the initial sip and the sweetness on the finish that I like, but there's a lot going on in between that I just... It's got a raw kind of piney, overly hot, overly sweet. I, I so can't I'll, do it. I'll tell you something. You, you commented on how I had obviously opened this bottle, clearing away the excess plastic and making sure the neck was clear yes, for so. safety. Well, when I did that, my wife and I tried it. She's a, a big rum fan. Rum is her favorite spirit. Uh, and, you know, we tried it. We both were kind of like... You and I have responded here today. She wasn't crazy about it at all. I liked it, I think, better than she did. But what surprised her is that she didn't quite notice when I told her what it was. She didn't think she was drinking rum. She thought it was whiskey. <laughs> and, you know, she likes whiskey okay, but it's not her first choice. Like, And so she was like, yeah, yeah, it's all right, blah, 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 blah. And, and when I said, yeah, but something, something about a rum, she's like, that's a rum? Like, it didn't even strike her as yeah, a rum. Like, like, and she's a rum fan, you know? So I wonder, maybe when we do that, we revisit some things, we do blind tastings. That might be interesting. Pour it, taste it, and then John could tell us what it is. I mean, wouldn't that be kind of an interesting thing? These are things you are not crazy about. Right. Things that, blind things that didn't them. go over huge on the show. Yeah. Uh, but but not stuff that was just openly terrible like that mead and malort. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like those those are those are exceptional things. Yeah, things that we were maybe we would say we were a little disappointed in. You didn't even try the mead. That was hilarious. No, You're no, like, no and, that's I, gotta get and I never will. <laughs> uh, a couple of other trends for uh, craft beer in 2023: rosé beers stay in demand. Now I. To be honest, I thought rosé beers had come and gone. To be <laughs> I, honest know, I don't with see you. them anymore. <clears throat> yeah, I really don't either. Uh, but they say it'll be an even bigger trend in 2023 and will become widely accepted. Nah, I, nay. Nay, I say. I don't think they're bad. I just didn't think they sort of broke I just, through. No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that prediction. Yeah. Nay. Yeah. Craft beer competes with macro breweries. Now, let me read what they say. While craft beer ballooned to nearly 12% of the beer market in the U.S., it plateaued in the last few years and has made only single-digit percentage gains. However, analysts believe that the niche could potentially expand its market share shortly. They base this guess on the assumption that younger customers are the driving force behind craft beer's popularity in the first place. And as this generation takes over the market, they'll most likely stick with their preferences and buying habits. Meanwhile, older generations, which relied more on macro-brewed beer, are buying less beer in bulk as they age. Now... I think that is likely true. Okay, I can go with that. And I think that the people who need to pay the most attention to this are the beverage managers at restaurants. Because I continue to go to what would be described as high-end restaurants. Yeah. And their beer menu sucks. Crap selection yeah, of beer. Crap selection of beer. and Like phoned-in selection of beer. Even. Right, right. Now, what this doesn't get to for me is what I think is still going to be a growing segment of the beer market, and that is Macrocraft. The um the the Goose Islands and the uh Carbox yeah. and the the craft breweries that were bought by the major breweries and those major breweries and Anheuser Busch and, and those guys and they're still sold as craft right, brew. They continue to exert their muscle to try to get those as 
the only craft beer the restaurant will carry or to get the lion's share of the shelf space. That happens a lot here in Houston. It does. It like, really does. You see it all two, the time. Those two beers, especially are like especially Carbach. Carbach is, oh, well, you need a craft beer. We have Carbach. Right, exactly. There, oh, here's how you can check that box, beverage yep. manager. Yeah. So tell me if you think this is rude or not. Uh, in my building downtown, we have a great little international grocery store, yeah. Phoenicia, and they have a wonderful craft beer selection. Now, it's not huge, but, but it is good. very robust considering the amount of space that they have, right? So, your and beer they selection, let me put it this way the HEB closest <laughs> to my house mm -hmm. has a beer aisle that is about. And not exaggerating, about ten times larger than your beer selection. Yeah, with less good, less beer. variety, less, less, less variety. Good beer. So they do a great job also of rotating things in and out there. I've noticed, and so I, I give them high marks. Here's the thing: even so, there's a huge chunk of shelf space devoted to Carbon. Yeah. And uh, when I see someone checking out in front of me, this is what I want to ask you: if it's rude, and they're checking out with. A six pack of Hopadillo. I want so desperately to tap him on the shoulder as an IPA guy, right? And go, you know, there's a lot better IPAs over there. <laughs> you know? And I'm not knocking Hopadillo. Hopadillo is fine, but there are better IPAs. Me and, me and my wife were at a bar one night. Is that rude, though? <laughs> me and my wife were at a bar one night. And uh, we're sitting there and chatting because uh, we had a friend bartending. We're sitting there chatting. And they had a great selection of beer. Uh, Liberty Station is what it's called. It's over nice. there in Washington. Yeah. Right? Um, and I, don't, I haven't been there in a few years. But anyway, back then, we were, we were sitting at the end of the bar. We're chatting with our bartender friend. These two guys walk in. They're obviously from England. Like, the accents are yeah. like, way on and everything like that. And they're looking around. And they order a Budweiser. Oh, man. <laughs> and my wife turns and looks at them and goes, excuse me. And they're like, yeah. Where are you guys from? They're like, oh, we're from, you know, and they tell her, you know, outside in, in England. She goes, and you're ordering a Budweiser? And they were confused. They're like, well, that's that's what Americans drink, right? And she goes, oh, there's a whole wall of really good beers up there. And they're like, well, what should we get? Because they're just clueless. They yeah, just had right, no right. idea, right? And so we point out a couple beers, and uh, I think one of them had a porter, uh, like a uh, 512 pecan uh, porter. God, that's a good beer. And the other one had, I can't even remember what he got, but both of them were just blown away. Yeah, yeah. These. And, and they would have sat there and had their Budweiser because that's uh, what they believe thought the American word strength. was, these beers are proper. Proper. Yes. That's well, good. Yeah, as only an Englishman can say <laughs> yeah, it, this yeah. is proper. Oh, yeah. If you or I say that, it, it <laughs> no, carries no way. But if they say it, big to, boom, boom. But yeah, they drop. were blown away, and they're like, Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, we just, yeah. We're just drinking what you know we thought the Americans drank. Yeah, like oh come on, buddy, <laughs> get some good beer. Uh, more beers. So, does that answer your question? Uh, more or less. <laughs> it, it, if it doesn't, it took us on a wonderful detour. So there you go. Uh, another uh, trend: more beers made with fresh hops. You are seeing a lot, especially in the IPA category. Yeah. You're seeing a lot of fresh hop IPAs. So that's uh, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, trend number seven, hazy brews aren't going anywhere soon. The New England haze craze has taken the country by storm, and there's no turning back. And I think that's true. I think that's yeah. created its own niche in the market, and I think yes. it's staying. Uh, number eight trend, craft malt steals the spotlight. And uh, American barley farmers have been predicted to increase their production in anticipation of new brewers needing the crop to perfect their craft. And malt, craft malt is becoming more and more of a thing. 
apparently, in uh, in craft beer. Craft malt. Mm-hmm. Many brewers are beginning to understand that all ingredients matter, not just the hops. Yeah. Right? And so the industry is becoming more powerful, and brewers are using their resources, energy, and time to focus on other components, specifically That's interesting. Barley. We've talked uh, – did we have that on the show, or was it another conversation I had where um, – we're talking about how they source a lot. Oh, I think it was, um, I think it was True Anomaly was on the show. We're talking about like how they do it, and a lot of times, uh, some of the smaller breweries will get together and buy buy bulk, uh, yeah, in bulk mm-hmm. between the breweries because you know that way they have a little more buying power and they can get better prices on stuff. It's pretty interesting. Number nine on the list uh, is tap rooms take over. Uh, they look. Uh, uh, the people at Lynchpin SE are looking to tap rooms to become more and more influential, more and more important, more and more where people are getting their beer and their ideas about. I beer. think tap rooms taking over is definitely a thing. I think because there are also beers out there that don't even bother trying to distribute in stores or anything. They just literally run off of a tap room. I love going to a tap room and trying a beer that I would never take a chance on a six pack of. Right, yeah, that you has know? that has a lot to do with it too. That that uh, that's really good. By the way, was back out at Eureka Heights recently. Went and saw the movie about uh, the documentary about numbers, which is yet to be released, but they were screening it. Oh, I didn't even know there. that. Yeah, and um, it was uh, it was fun to be back at Eureka Heights. God, their beer on tap is yeah, good. It is. Oh man! Uh, and finally, craft beer becomes more diverse. The face of crap breweries is still changing, and uh, beer festivals like Beers Without Beards and Fresh Fest are bringing unique cultures. And crap brewing is slowly but surely changing from sort of like an all-white guy thing to becoming more racially and gender diverse. And that's a, that's a positive thing because it's bringing more it's been it's made a lot of headlines actually in the craft beer I world hadn't over even the past thought year about it i yeah. guess maybe this. yeah uh there are more and more black owned uh breweries right there are more and more uh female brewmasters right and we're just seeing a more diverse and open relationship i mean if you think about it beer has always kind of been a guy thing and probably more of a white thing than an ethnic thing and yet, as craft beer grows and expands, we're seeing the entire industry become more diverse and more inclusive, and that's a, a positive thing. And what they point out is their well, final, their final uh, uh, bid to try. I just beer. never really thought of anything about it along racially lines. <laughs> yeah. just, well, know. you know, and and that's probably good. But uh, you know, at the same time, it is good to see it becoming more diverse. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I have, you know, I got to tell you though, uh, uh, the women thing. There's there's a lot more women into beer now than there was 10 years ago and that's especially true in spirits like uh, female distillers spirits uh, as well, uh, yeah. people who are uh, very much a part of the uh, look at uh, the last guest that docs brought she knew more about rum than he did yes yeah, and that's crazy i didn't know anybody that knew more about rum yeah. than docs you know <laughs> but boom she was uh, she was sharing knowledge it was a wonderful thing it was great to have her on the show all right we're going to take a break when we come back uh, it's time for drinking news. I just want to give you a little bit of a, an advanced warning on drinking news. If you are listening to the audio-only version of the show, today's drinking Josh. news, Josh, uh, you will probably enjoy more if you go back and pick it up on uh, YouTube or something, and it, because there's a definite visual aspect to our drinking news, and it's coming up next. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, 
and hand-rolled cigars. And we are things. thrilled to have you people, uh, you people, <laughs> you people. We're thrilled to have you people watching us. <laughs> Damn people it. like you. Yeah, it's people like you that make this thing happen. Uh, it's it's true. And it's people like you who've decided against all odds and sense of decency that the most popular segment on this program is a little thing we like to call Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News. Now it's time for Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News. Now it's time for Drinking News. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Uh, any way you want to look at it, there can be no denying that 2022 was, in fact, the year of the Florida man. Or the Florida woman, for that matter. There was uh, Bubba Hodge of Homestead, you may remember, stole an alligator from a mini golf course and threw it onto the roof of a liquor store. <laughs> There's so that's, much wrong with that's that sentence. Amazing. <laughs> there that's amazing. That's a series of words that you, I think you can only actually put those together in Florida. That's right. There was the trio of men from Silver Springs who broke into a house, stole what they thought was a jar of cocaine, oh, and wound that. up snorting the ashes of the homeowner's late husband and her two dogs, that's, Millie and like, Snooker. That's not funny, but that's hilarious. But that's hilarious. <laughs> there was the Florida couple, Tito and Amanda Watts, who were arrested for selling golden tickets to heaven and found to be in possession of over $10,000 in cash, five crack pipes, and a baby alligator. Dude. Why is there always an alligator? There was, <laughs> was, a, was the name of the band here in town. There's, there's always a, an alligator. There's a band here in town. I'm, I'm blanking on the name right now, but they had a the song called My Dad, Two Whores and a Crack Bite. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, for anyway, some reason, ahead. in addition to all of that, there always seems to be an alligator. But in our first drinking news story of the new year, we look back at 2022 one more time to a Florida woman. A Florida woman. Hold on. There's got to be music for that. To a Florida woman who shows us what not to do when you get stopped for suspicion of driving under the influence. Now, if you're pulled over, as many people were on New Year's Eve, for example, whether you've been drinking or not, there are some definite things to do, and there are some definite things not to do during the stop. <coughs> First, and you, you probably know this, but you should not antagonize the police officer. Even if he's making you late or you feel like you shouldn't have been stopped in the first place, making him or her angry is simply not going to help your cause. You should not, as one Florida man did last year, tell that officer that you haven't been drinking and driving because you only took your sips while the car was stopped at various red lights and stop signs. That's amazing. I mean, that's logic right there. That's somebody <laughs> yeah. thinking. Yeah. And you probably want to stay away from what one man did last year when he drove his motorized Lazy Boy recliner chair, complete with a lawnmower engine, a cup holder, a radio, a headlight, and, of course, a National Hot Rod Association bumper sticker to and from your favorite bar. And while you're at it, you might, want, you might not want to take your cues from this week's Florida woman if you're asked to step out of the car and walk a straight line for the field sobriety test. 38-year-old Amy Harrington was charged with driving under the influence with property damage after rear-ending a vehicle about a mile from her home. When police asked her to walk the line, 
She appeared a little wobbly just several steps in, but then decided to compensate for that by beginning to perform some ballet steps and a very interesting little Irish folk dance the rest of the way down the line. That's amazing. <laughs> As you can imagine, this did little to convince the cops that she was actually quite sober. And uh, they very quickly brought her up on charges. What it did do, however, was to provide us with perhaps the single best use <laughs> of it? police body you, cam footage. Do you have a video of this? In all of 2022. <laughs> Let me see. Ladies and gentlemen, Drinking News proudly presents Ms. Amy Harrington. Uh-huh. All right. Oh, she's off the line. Yeah, now she's doing a little bit of a, a little jig. jig. Yep, yep. Oh, to <laughs> she's totally sober. Look at that. Yeah, of course. I always <laughs> do that when I'm sober. <laughs> yeah. She just kept going. Still going. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm all in on the police body cams here. Yay. That's... And then you would think that would be it. But no. No, she's still dancing. She's jumping up and down. Oh, there's the ballet. Yeah. Yeah, doing a little ballet step. It's really it's It's like two minutes worth of body cam footage. That's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> oh, she's, she's talking to Okay, she's yeah. going to do it again. This is the third try, right? Yep, yep. Here All she right. goes down the line. And, and dance. Can you imagine if she'd had a stripper pole? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think after this one, they go ahead and handcuff her. The, the female cop has no sense of humor about it whatsoever. <laughs> Jesus. Think about this. You're the cop. You're just waiting. Yeah. Thinking, how long you know, is this going to go that, on? You know what that officer is thinking? What? We got this on cam. Yeah, right. <laughs> Single best use of police body cam footage <laughs> of the year. She keeps going. Okay, you going to do it again? Uh, yeah. This is try number four. Yeah, no, this, no. Is, this is getting cuffed. That's what that is. Now nah, you're cuffed. Look at the expression on the cop's face. I love it. It's like I had to sit through that. You're going to jail. <laughs> oh, boy. So there you go. Amy Harrington. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, and I would just point out, by the way, <clears throat> that a picture may be worth a thousand words, but a video can be damn near priceless. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking news. Oh, did you have more? I was just going to say, reporting live from Florida, where I have a feeling that 2023 is going to be a banner year for our show's most popular segment. My name is Cruz, and that is your... Drinking news. Drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. That one really was all about the video. That was, you know, pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing. You know what? I, if I'd have thought about it, I should have gone into a, uh, to a, uh, a, blow by, a, a blow by blow on that one. You know, the whole, the whole, uh, like a, like a Madden. Yeah, right. Commentary. Oh, okay, she's making, she's making, leaning to the right. Now she's on two toes. Now she, <laughs> <laughs> and, and boom, she's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so Ian has thoughtfully poured our beer. This is uh, It So Happens It's Tuesday from the brewery. Uh, what kind of ABV are we talking here, Ian? So Happens It's Tuesday. This is coming in at a um, <coughs> measly 15.3%. Oh, moly. So I'm guessing it's going to be boozy. Uh, bourbon it's, barrel aged be called, So Happens It's Booze Day. 
Uh, namesake aside, this bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout is worthy of pouring every day of the week. Both elegant and complex, it exemplifies over 10 years of experience in barrel-aging technique. Uh, notes of dark chocolate and vanilla are rounded out with hints of uh, freshly pickled cherry, or freshly picked, not pickled, pardon me, freshly picked cherries, dried figs, and molasses. Mm-hmm. Ideal serving temp, 55. We're probably a little bit below that. But it's going to get there pretty quickly. Um, what, what's your take on this? I mean, as as imperial stouts go, this is a this is a genre you're like. This is a favorite for you. So where does this rank in terms of what you've had? Um, so I have had this before, and it is fantastic. I think I think it's a little cold right now, to be honest with you, because um, you don't get as much of the chocolate notes right now. Uh, you get the fig. Yep. The fig, especially towards the the last third definitely of the, get the fig. I'm getting a lot of that. Right, the last third of the flavor, but the chocolate notes won't come out until it warms up just a little bit. The um, bourbon barrel is 100 percent there. There's a beautiful uh, oak dryness on it um, that uh, that finishes the palate and leaves it not too sticky. Even mm. though this is a very sweet and big beer, I'm gonna you're right. I was I was expecting it to be a little stickier, given how boozy it is. Well, I'm pretty sure that if this uh, was to drip between two pieces of wood and you left it for more than a couple hours, you may never get those pieces apart. <laughs> However, um, it doesn't – because of that oak dryness on the finish, I think uh, – and there's a little bit of bitter in it as well, like mm-hmm. coffee kind of bitter. I think that uh, I think that it doesn't linger like some of the sticky sweet things do, you know? I'm liking it. It's really good. really it's is. Good. It's not a. Uh, it's not an inexpensive beer. It's a little over twenty dollars. At least twenty dollars for the for the, uh, for 16, the sixteen ounce, ounce can. Yeah. yeah. So you're you're definitely, uh, you know, it's definitely not you a mass produced experience. Yes, you are. But you know what? It's quite worth it. At fifteen point three percent, though, it is like drinking three of these <laughs> in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, you're right. I can feel it. Like you it's, can feel the booziness. There's a of little it. booziness. You know, it's funny because I don't taste the booziness initially, but well, after the after the aftertaste a yeah. little bit and stuff, it's like ah. Yeah, there's, there's so there a are bit some there. of these high ABV stouts that you really do. You yeah, immediately you get the booziness. Yeah. This one uh, more more sneaks up on you. This one you can kind of get it on the nose as well. Um, but the <laughs> the fig the fig note that. Uh, that they're talking about in there is really really big the dried cherry i think mm-hmm. also adds to that slight um slight sour slight bitterness on the end of this that really doesn't let this feel too sticky uh after right. after you finish it you know but um i'm kind of digging it actually just the little bit that it's warmed up already those cherries mm-hmm. are popping right now. you get the cherries uh much more prominently i agree and a little bit more of the chocolate yep yeah, and, and the more this warms kind up, the more that chocolate, chocolate will come out. Kind of chocolate on the front of the tongue, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Mm. It's uh, it's very nice. Mm-hmm. I'm not upset that you brought this. <laughs> <laughs> you can bring this anytime. I didn't realize that you had it. I, I was looking forward to like springing it on you. But the the brewery stuff, I'm a big fan, and actually, I'm pretty sure that I had this. Uh, I think uh, Alan Denny picked up a, a can of it. This was like last year or something like that. He picked up a can of it, and I was uh, headed to his house for one of his 
it was a birthday His soirees uh, yeah. soirees he has those things um and we tried it there that was the first time i tried it's it fantastic but it's mm. the brewery and the brewery makes amazing stuff yeah they really do kind of a kind of a specialty outfit it's it's almost a rarity when i try something from them and it has happened something from them and i'm like eh or it's not mm-hmm. generally that I won't like it. It's that like you know it's not my favorite thing. But uh, right. but ninety percent of the time it's going to be good stuff, outstanding. Yeah, it's just great really good stuff. Well, uh, there was a lot we promised to get to that we didn't uh, today. But I want to thank you for uh, being here for the program, and uh, I hope you had a great holiday. And we look forward to an exciting year here on Smoking and Token. Uh, Smoking and Token got some great <laughs> guests. Smoking and Token and there's is a that different too. spinoff. Hey, this is fifteen percent. Okay. <laughs> um, so no, you know we got some great guests lined up uh, here coming up in the next few weeks, and we're very excited. Including, by the way, the Lone Pint guys are going to be coming in. So studio. exciting. So yeah, what a great brewery. Excited about that. So uh, in the meantime, it's good to be back. Here's to a great 2023 for everybody and uh, Happy New Year. Cheers. Cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all. It's alright when it's okay. Yeah, you never listen to what anybody else says. Such a stubborn one.